One, two, ten. Welcome to the Claim to Throne Blodgecast, coming on you with insights into what it's really like to be in a do-it-yourself metal band in 2014. Who is it? I am recording. Cume, cume, recording cume. I have pressed record. Gavin, Gavin, Neil. Hi, uh, Ash. Hello, Kaba. Oh, this is the start? This is the show. This is the podge. Okay. You're listening to the Claim the Throne Blodgecast, and you are with Cabba and Ash from Claim the Throne. I'm Cabba. And I'm Ash. And we are here to talk to each other, and you're going to listen, so I hope you have a good time. How are you going today, Ash? I just did a fucking massive poo, and I had a feeling you may also have been on the toilet. Is that right? I was. Jill shitting, mate. Feel it. It was pretty good. If we both pissed, it would be crossing swords. If you both poo, I don't know what that's called. Crossing browns, surely. <laughs> Something like that. What's uh what's been cranking? I can see you're wearing your brand new Home Alone Merry Christmas You Filthy Animal T shirt in my Skype feed. You look amazing. I've had it for some time actually, but I don't time. Clifford, Clifford time. <laughs> I don't get to wear it that often, but I've been wearing it yeah, to bed right. lately and I just got home from work and had a shower and I thought, you know what? Cabo will enjoy this. Yeah, and I am enjoying it. I'm looking forward to watching it for the next half an hour or so or however long we decide to talk for. Um, it has been a few weeks now where it's just been a couple interviews being um, pinged out there. Haven't really done just a general old chit-chat for a while, so pretty excited to be talking to you in real life. Yeah, we did do that Hammersonic one that never got released, mostly because I think we didn't know what we were talking about. We're going to plan it out and how's this online live, in, um, what's it called? Meeting. Hey, Cabba, how about we get the band together and just generally talk about our Adelaide and Hammersonic experiences as like a five piece pretty keen on that yeah will also be a good experiment having five microphones on one podcast yeah that will be fun so, but no that'll be good fun because we've got lots of um yeah voice memo footage from hammersonic lots of funny shit um to play on a podcast so as we talk about stuff we can drop that in but it will happen one day sooner or later it's probably getting a bit far from the festival now everyone's forgotten about it i have forgotten about it <laughs> i think that's fine though yeah i think it's fine as well um, but yeah, lately we have had a couple pretty sweet interviews uh, recently with Jason of Truth Corroded and who does the New Dad Festival, which we did last week, which is awesome. We had real good fun, always love coming to Adelaide. And also um, we chatted to Skitsy, currently from King Parrot, also has been in Damaged and Sadistic Execution and all sorts of awesome bands as well. So that was a treat. So if you haven't heard them yet, be sure to go through the back catalogue and crank them out. Next time you're, uh, I don't know, swimming at the beach. What are you doing, Ash? I need to ask. God damn it. Um, I should have set this up before I, I ringed you. Mm. I'm trying to set up a um, microphone just so I can do one thing. Uh, well, yeah, right. besides doing absolutely fuck all like in the way of holding a microphone, I do not want to hold this microphone for the whole, um, let's call it an interview. So what <laughs> yeah, I want right. to do instead is, um, and the fruits of my labor will just happen now. Fuck. Yeah, rock stars. Live podcasting is fucking shit. All right. Well, um, now that you're probably ready to talk, I, I assume. Um, you assume correctly. Just trying to think of what else we've been doing lately that we can chat about today. I thought perhaps I know that you did um, a super mighty um, recording of a couple of bands at the recent Stormrider Festival in Perth. What would you think about giving us an old chinwag of what you did there and how that went? Yeah, okay. Um, well, yeah, my segment this week was certainly going to be Something to do with the recording job I did. So there was the Stormrider mm. Festival, which has been advertised on the Claim of Throne Blodgecast. That was run by one Stu. I was going to call him Stu Ray. Razor Stu. Razor Stu. 
Stu McGill uh, of Stormrider <laughs> Promotions, Productions, whatever that is. But yeah, he did an ad on here a while ago, which is pretty funny. So um, yeah, he sort of emailed me, rang me a few days just before the gidge and said, hey man, we had a guy who was doing our live recording drop out, you know, because you do your podcast about recording. I'm guessing you know something about it. Yeah. So do you or anyone you know do live recording? So I thought, ah, oh, you know, how hard, how hard can it be? When you mix a live set, everything goes through the desk, right? So rather than just getting a two-track final mix off the desk um, after it's already all been mixed, if these guys want to use it and mix it themselves, what I'd need to do is take out each microphone output from the desk. So I kind of like asked what type of desk it was. It was some sort of an Alan Heath desk. And the channels, each channel where you plug the mic into, had a direct out. So what was supposed to happen is the microphone finds its way into the desk and before anything happens to it, it receives amplification to like a normal level so you can hear it and then gets spat out into an interface. And so I hired for very cheaply from soundtown.com.au an RMA UFX Fireface and that had 12 inputs. So I thought, okay, I'll take that. I'll take some leads down and yeah, plug directly in. Got my laptop, Reaper, just thought, okay, I'll hit record. So Stu was, you know, pretty game. He was down to his last, I was his last hope. So yeah, we did that. I did just did it as a freebie because I didn't know if I'd screw it up or not and gave it a whirl. So you rocked up and you rocked up to the gig and what happened? Was the sound guy cool? Did you need to speak to him about it? Yeah, definitely interview me because I'm going to forget what the fuck I did. So I rocked up there, cruised straight up to the desk. Even though I was very not confident about the whole thing, I walked up, you know, hey, Stu said you'd be expecting me. I'm Ash. I'm here to do the live recording for Silent Night. So I had quite a busy day that day, so I did miss the start of the festival, but I'm Definitely made sure to get there well before Silent Night started just so I could, you know, ensure that any technical hitches would have been ironed out by the time that those guys got on. So, yeah, he was really cool and really receptive. I can imagine some guys wanting you to be there before the gig starts, but I guess you'd have to organise that at the time. But, yeah, last minute notice, I, I had to rock up halfway through. I said, look, I just need to take direct channels out of the desk via these TRS to TRS lead looms into the fireface and yeah he was just happy and said you know is everything working and yeah sure enough i could see signal through all of the channels and the first sort of difficulty i ran into i guess was that you know you have microphones on everything and you have some direct direct inputs as well so like your bass guitar would be direct and maybe your kick drum would be through a di and so i had to be really choosy i only had 12 channels it would have been better to have 16 let's say but yeah beggars can't be choosers so i picked what did i pick I really wanted some overheads for the drums, but I didn't get them. They didn't have any. Guitar left, guitar right. I took the bass DI because I thought that there would be less problems with the DI than a, a mic'd up bass amp. Uh, then each one of the three vocalists I got, and then that was it for in front of the kit. And then the kit itself, I had I took the kick trigger, which was DI, snare top, tom one, two, three, and four and the ride cymbal. I figured that enough hi-hat bleed would get into the snare and um, and with the toms, getting all the toms rather than splitting them maybe would give me a bit of a stereo spread and I could use the ride cymbal as kind of like an overhead, I thought. Anyway, what happened, and this is, yeah, this is something that I didn't count on. So I only got the preamplification from the desk. The direct out skips the going through the equalization and compression on the actual channel. But what it didn't do is it didn't bypass the inserts. So on each channel, let's pretend it was the snare drum, he had like a noise gate and compression and EQ 
separately from the desk and all of my stuff okay. ran through that shit. So I thought hi-hats would be picked up in the snare mic um, and turns out the snare was just coming through like psh, mm-hmm. psh, that <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, that was on all the toms. So all the drums were gated. So it was very hard to get a natural sound out of everything. But yeah, just mucking around and mixing, I, I found out that because the backup vocalists were left and right of stage and they weren't always singing that their mics were picking up a lot of the drum and just the room sound. So yeah, it really helped to piece together a natural live sound. And they also picked up the audience as well. So yeah, all in all for 12, for 12 tracks, it came out sounding not too bad. Did you just start off with Silent Night straight away or did you test out the bands before a little bit just to get your bearings and stuff? Good question. Uh, I was setting up during Mason, which were a band oh, yeah. from Melbourne, thrash band. I thought they were pretty awesome. I haven't seen them before actually. But yeah, and I sort of like found found my bearings and like figured out that it was being gated at that point. And yeah, and that is a good question because I noticed some stuff like there was four toms and Tom 3 was crackling. Every time he'd hit it, it would just be, and that's it. So there was no noise coming through at all except to crackle. So actually, instead of 12 tracks, I really only had 11. Anyway, I tried to, between sets, just let the sound guy know and say, hey, man, that channel's crackling. He he thought it was the mic, then he thought it was a lead, never actually ended up troubleshooting the problem. So by the time it came to mixing, sorry, to recording Silent Night, it was still happening. So I was like, damn it, I'm a channel down. I wish I'd grabbed a different channel, maybe the hi-hat mic or something like that. The drummer from Mason is a huge dude, hits quite hard. And then the band after was Darker Half and he's a bit more, bit more of a finesse player. I got the levels for Silent Night based on like listening to Darker Half just before. And then, yeah, of course, when it came time, they got a new sound guy who was just a beginner to mix Silent Night. Like, hey, rookie, come in here and just, yeah, just mix this you know, one of the last three bands. Um, he didn't mix any of the earlier stuff during the day, just the final bands. And yeah, so the mix just totally got thrown out. And so I had no no choice but to let some of the channels clip um, because I was taking line level signals. I, I couldn't actually turn down what was coming in. So I was just like, oh, well, you know, what yeah. you get is what you get. And uh, the only way around that would have been to use a different part of the mixing desk and not having any familiarity with a live desk like let alone live mixing i didn't realize that in order to because i said hey i've got 12 inputs how about we bus all the toms to one or two stereo outputs or one stereo output and i'll take that and then that'll free up a few more channels but then those outputs were xlr and i had only brought trs which are just basically guitar style looking leads with an extra sleeve on it so yeah, anyway, they were my main dramas. And then I got at home and I thought, oh, this is going to turn out pretty shit and glad I didn't really charge anything. And then, yeah, sure enough, brought it up, took all the stuff from a laptop from Reaper, threw it into Pro Tools, had a bit of a, just a muck around mix, just to present something to Silent Night to say. Present them. Just to like, um, give them a, an idea of what they can actually do with it and what I could do with it just for my own benefit. And also just in case they were struggling, I could... Uh, yeah, it wasn't me that recorded it all fucked up. It's because it was it came off the desk. So if the desk was clipping, I was clipping. That was it. Anyway, so it came out came out pretty good in the end. I guess what I learned from it was am I talking too much? Do you want to ask some questions? Oh man, keep going. Yeah, just what I learned from the process was like if something seems logical, it probably is. I did have some technical hitches, but for the most part, the original idea I had was just about how it came out. If you think you can do something that is very simple, just give it a whirl and don't make the stakes too high unless you're confident you can do it. So I'll take from this experience and 
I don't want to get into live sound at all, but at least I know that it's not that crazy to do something like that. It's, it is possible for me to pull something like that off. And also the other thing is a uh, good friend, Sam Allen, was there from Electric City Studios. And that's who I originally recommended for Stu to get hold of to do the live sound. But he gave me a few pointers on the night and he said, oh, have you got this? And he kind of diagnosed or predicted the difficulties I I would have before I had them in running straight out the desk like I did. So yeah, he advised, hey, you know, there's the, so I was running off the front of house mixing desk, but there's also the side of stage one that um, does the monitoring or just the, mm-hmm. the wedges and stuff, the foldback mix. And he was saying, if you took from there, you'd have more free run over that kind of stuff because they're not putting effects and all that stuff in the monitor mix, really. You know, you can take your own mix based off that. That's how he'd approach it. So yeah, just a few little things like that that I learned along the way and you know, but it's just nice to know that nothing's like impossible. It's a hell of a lot like recording at home. You're just dealing with a few more tracks at once than you're used to. And also, I mean, God, recording was traditionally whole bands at the same time, you know, so it was also a cool thing. Wicked. Do you know what those guys are doing with it? Um, Is it just like, you know, to hear themselves play live or are they planning on releasing a couple of tracks or, or what's the go? I think initially they wanted, of course, to see how it came out. If it was good, they'd use it as a bonus track or if the whole thing was awesome, yeah, they'd use it as an album maybe, who knows, or a small live EP or something. But yeah, it does actually sound pretty decent for what it was. But at the same time, yeah, yeah you'd maybe pull a track out of it. The other thing is, it's the first time these guys have recorded themselves live. So um, they have to sort of critique their playing and um, there's that kettle of fish. And they had a new member on vocals and a fill-in member on Dan Granger on four days notice who's playing the drums. <laughs> and man, he did. He did really well. I listened to the whole set on headphones and then did a rough mix after. And I'm like, man, I can't believe you pulled that together so quick. But, you know, it's just whether they want to use that going forth or take from that experience and, and maybe, um, yeah, t- just do it differently next time. And, and if it is that easy, that you could do that in any old gig and it would be yeah. still a live set, right? It doesn't have to be live at the Budokan or something. It can be, <laughs> you know, they could do a set at the Swan Basement and record it live and it's yeah, just that easy. It. Do you reckon you'll do it again someday? What about Frost? It gave me the idea that, hey, pretty much with the gear that I've got lying around the house, I can pull off a, a better than shit, a better than demo quality live recording. So yeah, why not? Because mm. I took all the stuff I needed on a backpack and my current interface um, has iPad and even iPhone capability. So in a very small backpack, I could bring along a live rig, set it up for our set, and record every time we play live and let's say we play shit or Cabby gets drunk and drops his guitar or Ash thinks that um, verse one is verse two and then adjusts his pedals while the whole band's playing in Adelaide. And, um, you know, and then we finally wait and we get that one live set that's really good and use it. Like a lot of people put live recording up on a pedestal like an album recording. Like they have to spend what, 300 500 bucks on an engineer to come in and do it and then go and mix it and all this kind of stuff when really you could probably get away with it you know on the old diy and um yeah once you get tracks you're happy with send it to someone to mix for cheap yeah. again yeah, you could set up a, an affordable live rig a profile 2626 get off ebay for what 350 or something and then a behringer ada 8000 daisy chain them together that gives you I think the Behringer is only eight inputs, but so that gives you 16 inputs. You buy two eight TRS looms and yeah, you've got 16 leads, 16 inputs. Everyone's got MacBooks and shit these days. So just bring them down to the venue and get Reaper that you can use for free. We do. 
$500 budget, you could, yeah, be recording your live band forever and do favors for mates, even for cutting a beer or something like that. Well, see, I think it would even just be beneficial for your own band just to hear how you played. You know, you never really know when you're on stage at the time. You feel like you played good or you feel like you played crap, but I think it would make a whole lot of difference to listen back to it and know what areas you need to work on or, you know, just be aware of what your bandmates are playing and that sort of thing too, so... Um, yeah, even just for, for that purpose, I reckon you'd get your money's worth pretty quickly. Yeah, and what works and what doesn't. I mean, I think a lot of the time with a band like us where we have two guitarists, whenever one of the – the reason we've got that is so one can play the rhythm and the other can play the lead. Sometimes it's a bit scary to think that if, you know, there's a melody line going on, what if Cabba and Jesse plays the harmony line to the melody on the keyboard? Does that still sound yeah. good? Or Yeah, right. Or does Jesse still keep going with like some big rich chords or something like that? And together with Jim, does that allow Dyson and Cabba to break away and do a melody and a harmony? You know, like, because we feel sometimes that, you know, we lose power if someone's not doing a rhythm guitar section and stuff like that. Like all those little concerns that each member might have, they're they're my own, um, I think would get ironed out in the wash when we hear, you know what, it actually sounds wicked when those two guitars are just letting the bass and the and the keys doing all the rhythmic heavy lifting and doing some wailing solos or something, you know? For sure. And, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, one thing to rehearse and jam, but I think it's another thing to listen back to it and just take a step back and not be concentrating on what you're playing and just hear how everything sounds and you can sort of all chat about it as you're listening as well. You don't need to finish the song and go, oh, what about that bit four minutes ago where this happened? You know, you can mm. all, you know, press, press pause and chat as you're doing it. No, good stuff. Even for timing. Yeah, I get it from time to time. Like, oh, do you really speed up or slow down in that bit? And phew, I guess we'd figure it out if we recorded it and just like really hear how everything goes together. And certain bits are someone you might not notice that someone's playing the wrong chord every time you play, not because they're shit, but just because yeah, they think it's right or whatever. And a lot of the time, you know, you're just focusing on what you're playing, and you know, you're not focusing so much as how it sounds as a whole. And that's you know, probably goes for the whole band. So yeah, I reckon pretty good. JB Jared Bridgman from Earth Rot. He gave us a whole bunch of GoPro footage that he'd taken over the last year. Cabba and Jim slipped it on while we're in Adelaide, just in the hotel room, having some drinks. And there were gigs there where I remember thinking at the time, holy shit, I feel like crap and I'm struggling through the set. And, you know, watching that back, just thinking... I'm actually doing it and it's it's going down okay. No, that and that stuff's good from a visual perspective as well. I think if you can watch back your own sets to see, you know, if if you're headbanging enough or what everyone else is doing during certain bits and you can just yeah, feel more confident at your next shows having seen yourself, you know. I got way too drunk at Stormrider Festival. Agreed. So thanks for um doing those funnels <laughs> for me. If Stu, if you're listening, I do apologize. Um Stu'd organised to have some funnels to win prizes. We'd received a bunch of snazzy shirts from Lord, the Pisshead design. So what better way to give those out than to um yeah have some beer funnels on stage? I was supposed to do that, but had one too many. Rolled my ankle. Can't really remember how. So if anyone saw me stack it, if you wouldn't mind letting me know how the hell I did it. But no, old mate Ash took the reins there and saved the day. So thanks for that. Uh, no problem. And because I was there hanging out the back the whole time, I was right near the bar. So Cabba pissed as comes up. Are you drinking? I'm like, uh, no, I'm not drinking tonight, Cabba. I'll just be sober. Cabba's like, get fucked. Goes and gets <laughs> me a beer. Jesse comes past. Have you got a drink? I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm just finishing this one. Cabba gave me. And then she comes back with a drink. Then, you know, like <laughs> everyone who was coming up to the bar was doing the rounds. So yeah, started to get a bit drunk. And then as soon as Cabba was falling all over the stage, like, 
you know, imminently about to vomit. I handed out two funnels and the third one, Stu's like, cut it, cut it. No, don't do the last one. The band needs to start. And so I'm like, oh, well. So I just did it. (laughs) Good times, good times. Pretty good, man. I've learned a thing or two from listening to you. Have you really? Mm. Yeah, totally. Good. Thanks very much for that. This might be a good chance to um, promo some Claim the Throne gigs coming up. Claim the Throne news and gigs. Claim the Throne news and gigs. Next up on Claim the Throne news and gigs, we have a new gig announced today coming up in about one month's time. 4th of July is the grand opening night of a monthly metal night that is beginning north of the river in Perth. Uh, for those of you not from Perth, there's not many gigs out in the suburbs this way so um yeah pretty exciting i think and that's at bar 120 a place where i used to go clubbing when i was 18 years old on a wednesday night um and watching cover bands and so now they're going to have metal bands on that same stage so i reckon that's going to be super heaps of fun um so yeah july 4th get down i think it's only 10 bucks entry and you get a free beer included in that plus cheap beers all night and cheap wild turkey i've been led to believe Mm. and a tattoo voucher giveaway um so that is going to be pretty good the other bands playing i believe are a bunch of local newcomers the arcadian losing grip and bounty hunter so looking forward to that one it's going to be good and the following night we are also playing in bunbury which is the completely opposite end of the city or out of the city into another city so that's july 5th and that's in bunbury at the elliott street bar with sidonia on their wa tour and tempest rising from wa so that's going to be good fun. What other Bunbury bands are playing? You know what? I should have uh, probably mentioned that, and I can't remember, but I'll tell you in about one second. Or about ten minutes. <laughs> Give the change, you filthy animal. Um, let's go with Tears for Atlantis and Medusa's Gaze. So that might be a five-bander. You know Lockie Reed? <laughs> what about Lockie Reed? You know how he used to walk around at Wildcats games? Let's go, Wildcats. Let's go. What? Let's How is that relevant at the moment? Cats. Huh? <laughs> Where has that just come from? Like, why is that relevant? You know, I have no idea. Pretty funny regardless. You must have said, let's go or something. Let's go with... Ah, uh, probably. Defense. Defense. What a conversation. Sport talk with Glenn Thrun. The new guy there is real shit. I didn't used to like Lockie Reed, but yeah, the new guy is like... Defense, da, da, da. defense. <laughs> like a question. Also uh, on the topic of sports, Cabba's uh, AFL Supercoach <laughs> team this weekend, the Brown Raiders scored a high 2,452, which was in the top 500 places of the week. So pretty excited. Do you have sticks Moved up the rankings. Oh, I've got um, Stewie Bucket Hands Low in the forward pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I've got Razor Ray in defense. <laughs> defense. Defense. Okay. Uh, let's talk about metal. We should, we've been going a while already, so we'll be looking at wrapping it up. Razor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Let's get back Keep to the ray, you filthy animal. <laughs> uh, so, Cabba, speaking of news and gidge, do we have any more to announce? Uh, not really. I think we do have something else in the pipeline, but we won't um, drop that one yet, and I think the date is still getting changed around all over the place. So okay. who knows, but we'll be trying on a few other Perth shows very soon. Yeah, hopefully a, a couple other things in the pipeline. I did see and today, speaking of crowdfunding, Simone from Voyager rocked up at the post office that I was just exiting with a box full of stuff that they were mailing oh, yeah. out to people. A, a pretty decent-sized box, man, full of shit that... Yeah. To, 
honour their pledge getters yeah, or whatever cool. the hell it was. So all their CDs are probably in at the moment because it's a brand spanker, so they've probably got all their stuff to send out. Yeah, and so they said that just split the load between the bands and... Um, drop loads on the bands. Drop loads on the bands, yeah. And uh, yeah, go to the post office, send all that shit off. So... Man, I hate going to the post office, eh? One day I'll do a sedge on the post office. Stupid post office. Our number one fan from Costa Rica, Luis Alberto Martinez, has ordered a lot of stuff from us. Good egg. But postage to send it over there is so out of control. And the latest one he reckons hasn't arrived, if I can understand his broken English properly, in the emails. But yeah, so probably going to have to refund him money or spend another $30 to send a shirt and a CD over there again. Uh, he wants the CD, so we may as well send it. Uh, he's got all the CDs. Or whatever it is. He, I don't know. He just likes to practice his English and emails to us, I think. Mm. <sighs> okay. Anyway. Um, Cabba. So, tragedies. <laughs> Trage- tragedy. What am, I, what am I trying to say? What in the... F- I don't know. How does the riff go? Sing it. It actually sounds a lot like Sons of Norton Darkness, <laughs> but um, older and way more better. Tragedies blows at Horizon. Yeah, right. That's like Warriors marches on. Except possibly unintentional. I think we have to thank Immortal for helping us to see the light and stop pronouncing THs in songs. I think it's all because of them. Is this all right conversation we're having right now? Mm, Yeah, it's fine. We're also doing a little bit of writing at the moment. We are, yeah. I'm getting pretty excited that we might have a couple of songs in the bank pretty soon if we keep up to it. Um, Just sort of keep tracking our ideas and build a a riff bank over the next month or so and then probably have some writing sessions and you never know, we might have be an album down in the next one year. What am I looking at? That is Jesse's score of the song. Score, yeah. What's it called? It's called Song 7. Whoa! Song (laughs) 7? Or you may have an album out next month. I'm up to Ford. Is that because you have no four? Yeah, yeah. I'm up to about five probably, but really, all in all, that's probably one song. I think I've written one whole song that needs to be double its length. How long is a piece of string? <laughs> uh, one meter. Twice half its length. <laughs> so one of them needs to double its string. The other yep. three are pretty much condensed into one song, I think. Okay, cool. The song seven. Jesus, fuck. What is this, yeah. blur? <laughs> blur. We had a band meeting the other day and we we're even talking about like how we're going to record, like the how. We're going to record the next album as well. Before having one song even written. And it was, I would say, the last man meeting, so probably only not that long ago. Well, it's six months down now since it was released, which, you know, means a long time since we were writing before. So I'm pretty refreshed. Definitely needed a break from it for a while, but excited to be back onto it. It is a good point, yeah. actually, how, how long it's been since we wrote the album. Mm. Like the recording, we were ready to record in February last year. Fuck yeah, it's been 18 months since we stopped writing. What um, are all these songs sounding like, do you reckon? Have you heard Jesse's seven songs? I haven't. You know what I also find funny? <clears throat> At our recent meeting, we were talking about songs that we still need to learn from Forged in Flame and maybe redoing a couple earlier songs as well, and then maybe learning a cover or two. And since then, we've all just been writing stuff and obviously not learning any of the things we discussed. Yeah. Quite funny. Moderately humorous. Moderate rock. Moderate rock. Do we have any tips of the weeks? I have new gear. What? The what? About that, Ash. What is it? My inbox crapped it during the Al from Begurk podcast. And then the the Jason North podcast, long story cum, I have an Apogee Quartet sitting on the desk here. Mm-hmm. It has four inputs in it and it allows Ash Cabba and one guest to all speak through really n- like... For stock preamps, nice preamps, and good conversion. Um, okay. It also allows Claim and Throne to have some expandability, expandability to go and record whole albums more readily and 
better than in the past. You'll notice if you look at like our first podcast, we had a list of gear we were using for Fortune in Flame. We had a, uh, what was it called? A radial J48DI. Mm. I didn't like how that sort of worked for us during the album. Our tone sounded a little bit thin, just the direct guitar tone. So yeah. I have this new DI, the Countryman Type 10. Oh, yeah. Interesting thing about the Countryman is that Type 85, which is what I was originally going to get, the 85 denotes the year it was brought out, 1985. The year I was born. The year Cabo was born. The very year. The Type 10 is the successor to the 85, so it means it took them 25 years to come up with a better di box so i'm hoping that this is actually better anyway whatever can you put that up to the screen again ash on skype holding up something yeah nice real funny so anyway major purchases in the scheme of jim things sup cunt hey jim look at this what ash is wearing <laughs> absolutely everything is going to run through this quartet except possibly let's say eight channels of drums quite a fucking huge thing because it'll define the sound of the next album and it's such a nerdy fucking thing to think about but that that will actually impact and it will be interesting to hear the shift in quality from the mbox pro 3 on the last one to mm-hmm. this fucking sexy looking bitch of a thing over here cabba's tip of the week mm-hmm. uh we were talking amongst the band amongst friends the other day um, about the benefits that could be found with a, a band calendar, like an online one that we could all go to. Um, if you forget, because I don't know, we all have the problems where we forget what dates our gigs are on or what we've got coming up or what date you need to send something out or um, what date we've got jam booked or what date we need our APRA shit in by or whatever. And just if we could have it all on like a centralized calendar where people can just log on whenever you want to double check stuff or people's availability you chuck in if you're going on holidays somewhere so you know when you're not free and i stumbled across that this website called bandworks.com b-a-n-d-w-e-r-x and it looks pretty cool to me like everyone gets um all the band members will have their own accounts their own logins and it's almost like a social media private just for your band and so there's a feed where you can chat you have a calendar in there you've got um, a song section where you keep track of what songs you have how long they go for and what status it is so has it been written and recorded is it ready to be played live is it um, something you the band needs to work on before they can add it to the set list you can also suggest songs to other band members so if you have like i don't know cabo wants to suggest hunting the stars that everyone will learn that he puts it up there as a suggestion and everyone either gives it a thumbs up or a thumbs down and comments on it and then if you know if it gets a certain percent, maybe you can decide you have to learn it and then it goes into the status of ready to learn or whatever. Um, and then you can also make set lists. So if you have a, <coughs> a gig coming up in your calendar, you click on the gig date and it will. you can drop a set list in and you can drag all the songs in that you want to play at that. And because you have the song lengths, you can see if that will fit into your half an hour set or whatever. And then every person in there can see it and make proposals or you know query shit Hmm. thought it was pretty awesome so check it out not even getting paid for that rap yeah three things a Mm. why (laughs) two it's pronounced gidge and d when i got that email i thought that it was something to do with um being spammed yeah you were invited to join the band claim a throne i'm like i've got news for you cunt (laughs) (laughs) that's fucking interesting i didn't really look into it because my internet wasn't loading so crash hot on the old phone but uh yeah well now man i think we should do that sounds like a great idea well therein lies one challenge with when you with things like that i mean it sounds all good in in retrospect but the um biggest challenge would actually be introducing it to all five band members and getting everyone to actually actively 
actively go in there. So everyone will say, that's awesome. But then when I log in, I see that no one has joined up yet apart from me. When I'm not working 100 hours a week and doing exams at the same time and this <laughs> podcast, <laughs> I'll definitely join up because I think it's a great idea. That was the day after the band meeting, but that is definitely something to propose. And it's free. All free. Jim's tip of the week is... Mm-hmm use a private Facebook group where only your band members are involved Mm -hmm. to do the same thing that Bandworks, just like on a really basic level that Bandworks has got. So then when you log into your Facebook, you get notifications from your own band saying, we have a gidge on this date. But the problem with that is that you kind of get swamped in your own Facebooking shit as well. And so you go in there, you might look at it, you might not read the rest of the shit. But the thing that strikes me as positive about Bandworks is, yeah, you log on because you're doing your band thing. And rather than getting updates for like, Joe Blast Beats Wilson has liked your post <laughs> or whatever, you could probably have... Louis Mario Alberto Martinez <laughs> has not received his package in the mail in Costa Rica. But <clears throat> the thing with the Facebook one, it is convenient because everyone is sort of on there anyway. And so you'll get yep. a little notification and then it's just easy to quickly glance at it. And so if there's just little quick messages you want to you know, chat about with your band, it's awesome. way better than you know emails, which we used to do. Five people flicking emails back and forth amongst each other gets ridiculous. Yeah. But the, so the thing that I like about this is if you can do push notifications where I don't have any of those except for text messaging, like, you know, Cabba the long four has sent you a text and then I read it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I would actually put that other one into a push notification so if i'm at Mm -hmm. whatever at work or something like that and i get a notification like is everyone cool to fly to melbourne this weekend and i could see it on my phone and go yeah awesome you know Mm -hmm. that that sounds like a really good idea because it's a little bit more immediate than i don't want to turn facebook updates on my phone because then yeah or someone's posted a gig in the perth metal gig guide which is fine but you've been invited to waking the dead nine at mojo's bar in Fremantle, starring in a moment and scarifier you've been invited to a quiz night at the Baldface stag in sydney next weekend (laughs) yeah are you (laughs) cumin yeah anyway enough for that but um what about our album of the week i dare say we're both gonna have the same one i fucking bet we do as well man holy shit not because it sounds like the claim the throng serpent and the star throng. but because it's uh Agalok's serpent and the sphere cabba put me onto this at the band meeting i didn't really contribute i just recorded the whole thing secretly <laughs> hoping to drop it into the podcast and um at the as end that was the one thing i asked anyone listening to any new music and cabba said check out the new Agalok," which he'd said a couple of days before but two times is the charm, and I did, and fucking... It's brooding, man. I dig it, and um, you obviously love the production on it too, so worth oh. checking out. Test the trouser. Yeah, it really tests the strength of my trousers. Absolutely everything is just what it is, and I haven't heard a... It's not to a click, you can tell that, because everything's just a little bit like rock'em sock'em robots and that stuff, <laughs> but yeah, man, the vibe that comes out is something I haven't heard in a new metal recording for quite a while and I, and it made me think of when you know the last claim of throne album and even the one before when al was asking for reference material we were giving him this super slick metal production that we love like winter sun and even your monomaths and stuff like that but none of it just has the vibe of this agalock thing yeah it's, it's crazy it's like very unique and a bit doomy and a bit black metal-y and but yeah, it's more, I don't know, there's like, there's so many of those post-rock, artsy-fartsy shoegaze bands that try and do this type of thing, like your Alces, and or maybe they're alright, but I don't know, there's a few other bands that have been touring and stuff, but no one really 
pulls it off. So, no, nah, I rate, rate Agalock very, very highly. I've just Q. What is your favourite song on that CD? Um, I'm still really working my way through it, but um, the first one I listen to a lot because I really like that bit that goes, <laughs> it sounds like a real big build-up, but then it, it goes, goes into, into an acoustic, acoustic bit. Yeah. Oh, man, I just lose my shit every time that happens. That is good. Um, but also, I think it was track eight. It was particularly awesome at the moment, but um, I sort of just listen to it as a whole album and don't mm. really take notice of what track is what thus far. Anyway, we should uh, wrap things up, Largy. Been yep. talking for a long time, pretty much about nothing. I don't know what just happened in this episode, but thanks for listening this long. You guys are fucking crazy if you haven't pressed stop yet, but we do appreciate you tuning in. We are Claim the Throne. Next show's in Perth, July 4th, Bar 120 for Distortion. Make sure you get there, and July 5th in Bunbury, down south of WA at the Elliott Street Bar. Um, and many more shows to be announced. So keep an eye on claimthethrone.com for all the latest. Of course, facebook.com slash claimthethrone, Twitter, ctt underscore au, Instagram slash claimthethrone, all sorts of stuff around the net. And for this very podcast, you can go to claimthethrone.net, which will have all of the show notes. And you can also go through the back catalogue and search Claim the Throne in your podcast app. Subscribe to iTunes, give us a rating, tell us off. But um, whatever you do, just let people know about it so more people tune in. Couldn't have said it better myself. And what's the song this week, Kabar? Climbing the Thorn Song. The acoustic version of Set Sail on Ale from Triumph and Beyond. Sounds good to me. Is that ridiculous? Uh, it is, but it sounds fucking good. Cool. Have a party. We're Climbing the Throne. See you next week. And courageous, so voracious Kneel down now to the river and we'll drink here Bigger is free from the coming of the war Quench our craving So much beavers are coming of this war More joy to God's sleep Our journey has been long In pride we sing this song It's time to tell a tale And set sail on you our journey has been long In pride we sing this song It's time to tell a tale And set sail on Just to drink it, beer is flowing Just to drink it Bigger is rain from the coming of the war Quench our craving So much beavers are coming of this war I'll join the gospel Our journey has been long In pride we sing this song It's time to tell a tale And set sail on hail Our journey has been long In pride we sing this song Tell a tale and set sail on air.
journey has been long We'll ride, we sing this song It's time to tell our tale And set sail on air